two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And a good afternoon and happy Lagba Omer. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievan with you here on Soul to Soul. You just heard a little promotion for our upcoming exciting series called What is Rethinking Everything That We Know About the Universe? And I'm very excited about this, especially with celebrating Lagba Omer today because Lagba Omer, as we know, commemorates the passing 1800 years ago of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, known by his acronym of Rashbi. And he was the author who wrote the book of Zohar, the mystical inner teachings of the Torah. And this is exactly what I intend to offer you in the coming six weeks, as we'll explore together here on High FM on Soul to Soul Thursdays between 1 and 2 p.m. But I also invite you to join me for a personal or interpersonal interactive discussion, which takes place either Wednesday mornings, 9.45 a.m. at Chabad House in Savoy, or 7.15 p.m. at Santon Central Shul, the Chabad Gunas and Kaina Center. And we're going to be tackling some serious issues, really, truly rethinking how and what we know about the universe. And there is a lot to be talking about here. And in a sense, if you were looking for something philosophical, something theological, I think this is the type of course you want to attend, or at the minimum you want to tune in between 1 and 2 p.m. over the next six weeks where we're going to tackle these issues, especially as we're approaching Shavuos in the coming weeks, receiving the Torah fresh at Mount Sinai. And, of course, it's an opportunity to delve now into the inner mystical elements, secrets of the Torah. And something I want to share with you just... Today, like Baomer, we celebrate that element. And you're all familiar with Chabad. Of course, you hear Chabad rabbis here all the time, and you hear, you're familiar with the Chabad movement. Now, a lot of people think of Chabad today as a social network, as a uh, organization of outreach, and all the wonderful work that Chabad does. But I'd like to let you know that at its core, Chabad is a philosophy. And it's an acronym of three words, Chachma, Bina, and Das, which is commonly translated as wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And I got my kids sorry about that. With the birth of our new child, my children joined me here in the studio. So I hope the background music isn't too bad. Otherwise, we're going to try to get the kids uh, moving a little bit out of the station. So, Paro, do you mind to please take the kids out? So, um... The idea, the pillars of Chabad Chassidus, as I just described, are these three elements, Chachma, Bina, and Das, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And the founder of the Chabad movement, he founded the movement on the principle that deep intellectual understanding is key to a person's spiritual life and to our relationship with God. And if I, I could say perhaps even our relationship with others, because obviously we interact with people all the time, but is it a deep relationship? And only a full and thorough understanding of the truths that the Torah relates to us about God, about creation, about our own selves, about our neshama, our souls, will provide the basis for genuine and enduring love and awe of God, a real personal relationship with, with God, which, of course, 
is indispensable to our proper fulfillment of the Torah and observance of the mitzvahs. The only way that could truly be done is if we have a real relationship with God. And that is the pillars of Chabad, the Chachma Binadat, is by having a real relationship, not just an emotional one, which is important. In fact, during these seven weeks of the sphere accounting, we do focus on the emotional relationship. If you notice, every single day of our counting, the Omer, we discuss, we mention a different element of the seven emotional attributes. Chesed, Gevura, Tiferet, kindness, severity, discipline, each one of those elements that we're going to be personally refining. But the idea of Chabad is not just to have an emotional, instinctive relationship. That is important too, but even more so. And to have one that is well-informed and that is a real experience, it should be intellectual. And that's the three cognitive the three cognitive elements, Chachma Bin Adas. We'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman. And as I mentioned, the Zohar authored by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, whose anniversary of passing of his passing we are commemorating today. And he he actually stresses this point in the Zohar. In he talks about the idea of Yidias Hashem, that the way we get to know God, and he talks about the idea of yediyah, meaning an intellectual knowledge and understanding, as opposed to just acceptance, as opposed to just belief. So the very, this idea is so important, and the concept that we're going to be focusing on is how to know God and how to know God's reality in this world. So what I'd like you to tune in for when we talk about what is, and I'll try to give you a little bit of a sampling and taste of some of the ideas we're going to discuss, is what we're going to try to do is to come to tap into some of these brilliant ideas from Kabbalah and get a deeper understanding of what our world is. Is the world real? You know, what, what is time? Where did our sense of self come from? A question that people oftentimes ask, why does evil exist? And if God knows already what I'm going to do tomorrow, is there really such a thing as freedom of choice? It sounds more like an illusion, but Judaism teaches the concept of Bechir Chavshis, that we have free choice. So what is free choice? We're going to try to explore that together. Does the word God actually mean something, or is it just a way of referring to whatever it is that we cannot explain? So these are some of the ideas Imagine that we're able to rethink everything we know about the world, the laws of nature, our own consciousness, even the very idea of existence and reality. Imagine what we would gain by exploring these concepts, these ideas from Kabbalah. And we're going to be doing exactly that. So let me give you a basic outline of what we're in for, what we're going to try to cover over the coming weeks and this is uh, something that I'd love for you to tune into, share your ideas, your thoughts, your questions, and perhaps what your thought is on the answer. Now, the truth is everything we experience, a lot of it we experience in our minds, in our heads. And here's the question. Maybe there is no existence outside of our minds. So we're going to talk about, is this world real? And the Kabbalists speak of two perspectives of reality in reality. There is one that would be called our lower mind, 
in which the universe is created as something from nothing, or as the fancy philosophers like to use the word um, ex nihilo. So that's one idea, or we call it briyesh miyayin. That's das tachton. That is a lower, that's one element. But there's another element, and that is a das elyon, a higher reality, the divine reality. And so we're going to explore what is, there are two ways of seeing the world. And perhaps I could give you just a little bit of an idea on that, because a lot of what we see and what we're thinking, and you look at uh, contemporary science, and there's a lot of discussion, but science itself has evolved in so many ways. But if you look in the Torah itself, this question might come about, because on the one hand, we have a verse that tells us, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth, right? But if I show you a different verse later on in the end of the Torah, in Deuteronomy and Devarim, and this is a verse we recite every time, every Shabbos we take out the Torah, You've been shown to know There's nothing but God So how do you understand that verse? Now the way I simply understand it is That there's no other deity but God But in Kabbalah It actually talks about it in a much deeper way That there's no other reality than God And that is interesting Because what is reality? How do we define what reality is? And so we have to separate fact from opinion from the way we perhaps perceive things and really tap into the Torah's understanding of that. And we're going to have an amazing exercise that we're going to do with you where we're going to look at various optical illusions together and see how to distinguish between objective reality and subjective perception. So we're going to look at the various ways of understanding the world from within reality and if you look at it from that perspective, there's actually different ways of seeing things. Reality doesn't change based on our perception of it. There's, I might think whatever I want in my mind, but there's a reality that exists out there. And therefore, I have to conform to what reality is. So we have to understand that and take f- for granted that reality exists independently of us. And we need to conform to that reality that's around us. However, there are limitations that define our reality. And to some, nature is very predictable. If you look at science, what science has to say about nature. But we understand that nature is a godly value. Nature is something that God creates. Now, not everyone takes that for granted. Many people believe in evolution. And from a Torah perspective, science and Torah need not be in any way conflicting with each other. But... There are some who do see it that way. And so the Talmud tells us that God actually doesn't change nature unless necessary. When you see a miracle, it's only God interfering then. And the same thing you might say about freedom of choice. We do have that freedom of choice. Sometimes God intervenes. But otherwise, God lets nature take its course. And the world exists as per the way God wants it to exist. Even if it seems to be going against God's will. And for example, the Talmud uses if, if a person stole wheat and then plants it in the ground. So the Gemara asks a question, should that wheat not grow? And the Gemara rather says that, no, nature takes its course. Yes, people will be held accountable in the next world for what they've done wrong in this world. And the Gemara gives other examples of that as well. If people behave immorally and still nature is going to take its course.
So the science used to believe in this deterministic universe where everything that happens, there's a cause and there's an effect. But we also have to recognize that there is a God and God could interfere. And that's why perhaps we have seen in our own life miracles. Perhaps a doctor gave a terrible prognosis to someone and then we see it changes. Well, yes, medically speaking, according to modern science, that person's fate was as the doctor predicted. However, God could interfere. And we love when God does interfere like that. We love these types of miracles. But not always is reality that way. And so if we take things just from a scientific perspective, we might find that there are challenges, there are problems, there are there are elements to that that perhaps challenge science itself. And so we have to see the world not just from a scientific perspective. In fact, King David um, has words in Tehillim where he sa- speaks about the Atzabem Kesef Azav. It's a chapter of Tehillim where we say in Hallel, describing the idols made of gold and silver and uh, the various descriptions. But he says, They don't they have a mouth, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but don't hear. Talking about they have a nose, but they cannot smell. And basically, as the verses go on, he's saying that about idols, that the same idea as the idol itself cannot speak and cannot hear. It's just a piece of wood, gold, silver, whatever it's made of. King David is telling us the same thing as reality. If we look at the world, is there's one way of seeing things from a worldly reality, but there's a deeper way of seeing things. And his point is, we shouldn't just see things for the way they appear, but rather we have to think a little bit out of the box and see the world from a deeper perspective, which is what we're going to be exploring together. And I'll give you a few more minutes of that just now. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back. I'm Rabbi Ari Kievman. Just giving you a little taste of what's to come in our new exciting course, What Is? Will we be re- together rethinking everything that we know about the universe? And today we're just delving a little bit into is our universe real and from a Kabbalistic perspective as today Lag Baomer being the anniversary of the passing of the author of the Zohar Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and so the first thing that we've been discussing so far is we take for granted that the world exists and the question is what does it exist from and who created it and that's in itself a separate discussion listening last night to Dennis Prager discussing it as well with a contemporary scientist, and that might be interesting. Maybe we'll try to bring someone in to get the scientific perspective, not just the rabbinic ideology. And as Jews, we certainly take the Torah, and we believe in the Torah. But what we're going to be doing and focusing on is not just belief, but rather understanding, applying our mind to it. So the first thing is the Torah says, God created the world. But out of what did God create the world? So like we said before, there's that science, that philosophic term they like to use, ex nihilo. God created the world, which is something. We look around, we feel, we see. The world exists. Something out of nothing. 
So that's the first thing is everything is the way that it is because God chose to make it that way. God made a world and that world exists because God chose to make this world exist. But if we delve a little deeper into things, we're actually going to see that there's another way of seeing things that, yes, God did make this world. And we talked about miracles before, but we understand that the way things are is not the final way that they are and not the way they have to be. Because, yes, God could interfere at any point in stage and change things. And therefore, we say even nature is subservient to a higher truth. The way the world exists, it does exist that way. Those are the rules of science and nature. But they don't necessarily have to stay that way because God could change it at any time. At any time. And so if we could see the world as having been created as something from nothing, then the world is something and it was brought into existence by an infinite, intangible God. And we're going to explore what is God? What does the Torah tell us? What is this God? And if we have no word to describe God, anything you're going to try, it's indescribable. So sounds like something from nothing. But who are we calling nothing? Are we calling God nothing? So we have to really take a deeper look and understand what is nothing because in actuality, we may be nothing. What are we? God is something. And so our finite world is nothing in comparison to the divine infinity. And we're going to spend some time discussing what is infinity? What is divinity? How do we understand what God is? And so we have to understand that perhaps... God is something, what are we? Are we something or are we nothing? And that, I think, is a question that we should actually be understanding. Who is something? Who is nothing? And that is going to be something that I think is a worthwhile discussion to really truly understand what is the world, what is God? Because God packages the world in this interesting way that we relate to the rules of nature and science as if it's something. But Kabbalah goes on to say that not necessarily is the world something. So I think this is already getting deep and it's worthwhile coming to a personal discussion about this. But one thing I want to just point out as today is a day celebrating the Zohar, is that when we learn or even just practice to view our existence from the deeper perspective, then everything starts to change and we start seeing things differently. And as philosophical as it sounds, we live a practical daily life and all the challenges and opportunities that we face, if we see it from a deeper perspective, from a Torah perspective, from a mystical, Kabbalistic perspective, then things start to appear different than the way we're used to. And you could think of, of numerous ways that we do things differently because when we have a deeper knowledge, before we call it an evening, we'll look at one possible way of seeing our day differently. And so when we look at the world, is the world real is a question that we address today, we oftentimes ask ourselves, why does it have to be so difficult? Why can't life just be easier? And my answer 
based on the Zohar today, is that life is full of challenges. We got the frustrations and ups and downs and such is life. As a paramedic, the often uh, metaphor I like to use is you look at a somebody's heart rate and it's going up and it's going down. And anytime you look at the monitor, you'll see it's got the valleys and it's got the peaks and that's life. Life's got its ups and downs. These challenges that we face, they often distract us from pursuing our real goals. And we oftentimes find that keeping the main thing the main thing becomes very difficult. Do we find that we struggle with doing the important things, whether it's earning a living or whatever it might be? Do we see the spiritual element within the different aspects of our daily life? So just to conclude... Maybe we tell ourselves, I have to work all day or else I won't make a living and therefore I don't have time for spirituality, for Torah study, for prayer, whatever it might be. Or it's impossible to be 100% honest in business. I'll never make it living this way. And we have all types of challenges that we're facing. So here's the point. What's the purpose of these challenges to our daily life? If God created the world as a way for us to communicate to God, why do we have these challenges? And so the point I want to conclude here with is that the challenges we face every day are there enable are there for us to discover the truth of God and the workings of creation every single day in every aspect of our life. And I think it's important that we do tap into those messages and lessons for our life. And I invite you to join me here for the next six weeks or more, as long as it takes, to just each week explore a different element of our relationship with God and the world and to see God even through our challenges of each day. Thank you for joining me here today. Sorry for the little distractions with our most beautiful gift with my ch- beautiful children here in the studio before, but I hope you were able to Catch on to some of these things, and the next time you face any challenge or struggle in your life, just ask myself, what's it for? Maybe it's a deeper relationship that I can have with God despite this challenge, or maybe through this challenge. We'll continue this discussion next week. Please, God, right here, same time, same place, same station. Stay tuned next for Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishler. Wishing you a fabulous Shabbos. Carpe diem. All the best.